Oh, yeah. Whatever day this is. Let's go neighborhood. Sometimes you just gotta book some fantasy to plan out some wrestling. What you want it to be. This is By the Book. Come take a look. By the Book. Well, technically, you'll hear it. DC's just a fan laying out his plan. By the Book. To get you in the spirit. This is By the Book. So, hey, neighborhood, if you're feeling low, DC will save you with this podcast show. This is By the Book. By the book. Shooby doo wop, wada. Yeah. Welcome back to By the Book. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, happy Halloween season to you all. I hope you're enjoying it. I hope it's a wonderful Halloween season. I wouldn't know because it's still early September. But I'm speaking to you through the tunnels of time. And in the tunnels of time, it should be, let me consult my notebook, <clears throat> October 27th, uh, when you listen to this. So that is, I would say, the Halloween season. So happy Halloween to you and yours. Uh, the Corona Cup continues <clears throat> to roll on. Last episode, we did a big thing. We finished... The consolation rounds, consolation round. That was a big deal. Took a bunch of episodes. Uh, so here we are, just in the regular consolation round. This is not the the tremendous thirty-two or even the the total sixty-four. These are uh, the next tier. So I guess this would be uh, number sixty-five through. Oh, I'm doing math. Hundred ninety-three ish, maybe. I don't think my math's right, but I have 128 names on eight pieces of paper because I love paper and brackets and things. <clears throat> I went ahead and I took the original Constellation Round papers, 32 of those, and we had gotten down to the final four of each page. I have now retransposed those names onto these eight pieces of paper. Uh, in, <clears throat> in a Constellation bracket, I can see the Constellation Round underneath so we will be able to do some of this. This is where we'll be spending our time for the foreseeable future. And when this is done, then finally we will be able to get into, I believe we're down to 32. Although I may reserve the right to go back to the 64 and just check my work. I don't usually check my work, but I may in that case because <clears throat> it's, uh, it's the big one. It's the main bracket. All right. Uh, I have reached out to Jeremy, and um, I've had him weigh in on some of the matchups because I was able to see them um, as I was making this brackets, these brackets, I suppose. Uh, so he has weighed in uh, via text through Twitter because uh, he's still dealing with the repercussions of Hurricane Laura as I record this again by October 27th. We might be able to do a podcast where we... Uh, debrief this podcast a month and a half from now when you actually hear it. I really should stop talking about that again. Doc tells me, you know, make things that are evergreen, but I think one of the keys of it being evergreen is that I don't talk about it being evergreen, or I don't talk about current events, rather. 
This is the seventh podcast I've done this weekend. I apologize if the quality has dropped. I don't think it has. We did a lot of great work with the Constellation Rounds, Constellation Round in the previous episode. At least I think that's where we were. Shows how long. I had to write down. We started with episode 47. I've gotten up to 52. This is episode 53. Yeah. All right. Let's start. These tournament brackets aren't going to do themselves. So I'll read the names. I'll give you my, my thought process and my picks. And then I'll have to jot down the winners and move the losers down to the losers bracket. The thing I noticed when, when transposing these names onto a new piece of paper is how fickle these brackets are. Bracketology plays a big part in this. And the randomness of the, the Corona Cup plays a role in this. Because just the first name on this list is Taguchi from New Japan. Now, Taguchi is just fine, but let me, hold on. Can I reach it? Give me a second here. No, that's not it. No, that's not it either. Where did I put the, oh, they're over there. They're out of reach. I was going to get the papers from the Constellation Rounds, Constellation Round, because I know that the Miz won the Constellation Rounds, Constellation Round. Should the Miz be ahead of Taguchi? Yes, he should. I know that Surfer Sting came in fifth in the CRCR. Should he be ahead of Taguchi? Yes, he should. I know that Aaron Stevens won possibly the triple losers bracket. Should he be ahead of Taguchi? For me, personally, if we're talking about my joy, yes, he should. But that's the nature of this tournament. In the brackets, Taguchi was able to advance because the people he beat were dare I say, even worse. I can even consult that. Let's see. Um, versus, in the opening round, versus Shinya Hashimoto. Should Shinya Hashimoto have won? Probably, but I didn't watch Hashimoto, so I couldn't weigh in, so I had to go with Taguchi. Then it was the Italian Stallion. I think Taguchi does that. Then it was Ricky Starks. That was probably just mean of me. I probably should have gone with Ricky Starks there. And then Taguchi actually finally lost to Bull Dempsey. So, bracketology plays a role in this. Could I have gone through and tried to seed some of these? Perhaps. Will I do that in the future? Oh, I hope not, because you know, we're on episode 53. If I suddenly decide to re-rank all of these, that's, that's all of 2021's tournament. That's the new goal. The new goal is to be done by 2021. Um, all right. Now we're on seven minutes, and I haven't actually done anything yet. Taguchi's wrestling Junkyard Dog, and Junkyard Dog's going to win, as he should. So, JYD advances. Taguchi drops down to the constellations of... This is another constellation round, constellation round. Uh, the next matchup is a little bit tougher. Terry Gordy versus Scott Hall. That'd be an awesome match to watch. I'm giving the win to Scott Hall. I don't think anyone blames me there. Terry Gordy uh, will take on... Taguchi, Scott Hall will take on Junkyard Dog. Uh, the next matchup is the first one that I got um, Jeremy's input in. It turns out, I think I sent him, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. I sent him six matches, uh, and it turns out what I thought Jeremy would have picked was exactly what Jeremy did pick six out of six times. So I have a pretty good sense of the Jeremy rule at this point in the game. 
The matchup is Buzz Sawyer versus Magnum TA. I assumed Magnum would win, and he did. Uh, and nicely enough, Jeremy added a little bit of uh, explanation to this. So I'm just going to read. So this is Imagine Jeremy's voice. I'm not going to try to do uh, his particular way of speaking. I like Buzz, but nowhere near as much as TA. And while Buzz doesn't meet the bad guy rule criteria, he does meet the insufferable a-hole criteria, and everybody loved TA. So Magnum will advance. Buzz Sawyer drops down. Uh, next up is is one that, you know, this is going to hurt me. It's Bo Dallas versus William Regal. The fact remains, and, and if there was a theme of this weekend, it feels like every time I bulk record podcasts, I come up with, with a theme. Uh, either it's the snapshot in time sort of thing, or it's the idea about finding joy. Um, this one is liking the idea of someone more than I actually like the someone themselves. And I say that because I love the idea of Bo Dallas. I loved the NXT heel Bo Dallas. I loved the Bo Leave character. I loved Bo Ryder with the social outcasts. And I loved the B team. But the idea of Bo Dallas is better in my head than it is in reality. Uh, and so having said that, there is no planet I can imagine in which Bo Dallas beats William Regal in a tournament like this. So Regal advances, Bo Dallas drops down. I'm not going to give you the matchups because I just feel like that wastes time. Let's keep moving here. Uh, I had to reach out to Jeremy again because this one is Arn Anderson versus Nick Aldis, the real champion versus the enforcer. Uh, in reality, Aldis would win. Arn is probably the most over guy in history who lost or took the pin more than any top guy ever. Aldis has been great as the NW champ, but I'm still an Arn man, so he's going with Arn Anderson, which is what I guessed he would go with and what I would go with as well. I don't know why I put headphones in when I'm not hearing anything. Um, Arn Anderson wins. Aldis drops down. Um, Ray Rowe of War Machine versus Tracy Smothers. You know, over the past nine months since we began this, well, no, that's not true. Oh, when did we start? We started in March. It's now September. So almost six months that I've been doing this tournament, I have come to appreciate Tracy Smothers quite a bit. He will advance to take on Arn Anderson. I know I wasn't going to say the matchups, but that's just a good one. Ray Rowe drops down. Uh, these next two are, are also tough. There's a clear winner um, in these. But they're tough matchups regardless. The first one is Umaga versus Ted DiBiase. I enjoy Umaga quite a bit. I think that's a great character. But Ted DiBiase is one of the great characters of all time. Clearly he should win. Umaga drops down. And this next one, uh, Pete Dunn, who I learned, yet his name is Peter England, uh, is taking on Brock Lesnar. Now again, some of you may be hooting and hollering and screaming that Ted DiBiase and Brock Lesnar didn't make it to the finals, like the, the, they lost. 
but again, just the way the turn, there were some heartbreaking matchups. There is a part of me that would be intrigued by the notion of doing some sort of ranking with this, but again, I, I can't. If somebody out there, Brandon Banks, or somebody out there who's got oodles of time wants to do a ranked tournament and then send it to me, I will partake, uh, and we could see how it changes, but I, I, can't, I don't have the energy for that. i got to go back to work in a couple days. So uh, Lesnar wins. Of course he does. Uh, Pete Dunn drops down. Um, so again, I, I know I said I wasn't going to tell you all the matchups, but Ted DiBiase versus Brock Lesnar. Who boy. Hey, we finished a page. Good for us. Next up. <laughs> I was tempted to get um, Jeremy's input on this one just for fun. It's not one I needed. It's Adam Bomb versus Tatanka in a battle of, you know, superstars from 94, probably. Um, I'm giving the win to Tatanka. Tatanka is the first wrestler I remember enjoying. I did culturally and appropriately, I'm sure. Uh, his war dance around the playground. I had a poster of him. I'm sure I've told this story, but I had come up with some game where like it was some trying to do some sort of random thing in terms of you know making like a federation and almost doing like a GM mode sort of thing um, except it was me as a wrestler so I guess it would have been a career mode and I had a dartboard and so I didn't actually even use the dartboard itself although I did sometimes I also just threw the darts at the Tatanka poster and depending on where I hit him or the poster in general, would be how I won the match. So I had figured it out somehow that if I hit him on the left wrist, I won with an arm bar. If I hit him... This is the way an only child's brain works, at least mine did. Tatanka gets the win. Adam Bomb drops down. Um, Sid Vicious versus Andre. Now again, this is one of those issues of who should win versus who will win. Andre should win. He's one of, you know, he was the first entrant into the WWF Hall of Fame, I believe, back again in 93-ish. I think the Hall of Fame started with Andre, if I remember correctly. But in terms of my own personal journey, Andre was done. He passed away very early on in my wrestling watching. So I discovered him all through Coliseum Video and all of that, whereas every time I see Sid, I'm entertained. So I'm giving the wind to Sid Vicious. Maybe that's an upset. Andre drops down. I apologize to those who think I'm crazy, because I probably am. Uh, Minoru Suzuki versus DDP. I've never been a huge DDP guy. Wasn't in the 90s. Uh, still wasn't when I watched it before. I appreciate him, but I was never like a huge, huge fan. Whereas Minoru Suzuki, I love everything about him. If I could, I'd shave intricate patterns into my head, but I don't think that would go well in, in a school setting. Uh, Keith Lee versus The Undertaker. This is the original OG Undertaker. Um, again, Keith Lee would probably be the first one to tell you he's not winning that match. I feel like... I guess I could look. I feel like Minoru Suzuki versus The Undertaker is a match we've seen already no maybe in the constellations that's just seemed 
right to me when I wrote it down. I was like, wait, I feel like we've seen this before. Let me ponder. You know what? Nope, we didn't. So I was wrong, which means uh, that at some point I'll have to ponder who's going to win that match, Minoru Suzuki or The Undertaker. Um, Bradshaw defeats The Amazing Red, no question. Ricky Steamboat defeats Sione again. Why are Amazing Red and Sione the head shrinker in this tournament still in this part? And guys like The Miz and Kevin Nash and Rey Mysterio <laughs> were not. It's, it's just weird how this tournament thing winds up working out. Um, a matchup right out of WrestleMania, Seth Rollins versus Randy Orton. I had to ponder this much more than I would have six months ago because Randy Orton has done such wonderful work uh, with the Drew McIntyre story and just his whole 2020 has been very good. But he's no Seth Rollins, so I'm giving the win to Seth Rollins. And Kane defeats Wolfgang. Setting up another match. That one I'm pretty sure we have seen before Seth Rollins versus Kane. All right. Hey, two pages done. I was hoping to get through four. I think we have an outside chance of doing that. Um, this is another match that is a sign of my own uh, lack of knowledge. I am giving Dominic Dijakovic the win over the two-time uh, double champion Naito. That's just because I haven't seen enough Naito to probably fully appreciate him. But I also really like Dijakovic. Uh, Billy Gunn defeats Ron Simmons. I thought I'd have to really think about that one, but I didn't. Uh, that was an easy one for me. Billy Gunn wins. Uh, and a matchup right out of the last couple of pay-per-view. No, this past pay-per-view. What was that, Payback? That was the last pay-per-view that I saw. Uh, the Fiend defeats Braun Strowman, as he should. The Fiend wins. And I'm going to have, I don't know if I did this the last time, but I'm doing it this time. Santino is defeating R-Truth. Again, I think we've had that match before. Uh, but I'm giving Santino the win. Uh, we turn back to Jeremy here. Uh, the matchup is Sami Zayn versus Tully Blanchard. Again, I think we all know who Jeremy's going to go with, but I wanted his thought process. Sami's fine. Actually, he's very good. Something about him rubs me the wrong way. Call it a passive-aggressive, holier-than-thou attitude. Whereas Tully knows he's a prick and doesn't mind you knowing that he knows it. Tully wins because he has no bottom and would refuse to lose to Zane. I don't really know what he means by no bottom, but either way, we'll give the win to Tully Blanchard. Sami Zayn drops down. Uh, and I am giving Awesome Mike Awesome the win over Alistair Black. I want to like Alistair Black, but I don't remember the last time I watched Alistair Black wrestle. When was the last time he was on pay-per-view? Feels like it's been a while. When I'm not watching weekly wrestling, I, I feel like the last time I saw him was Money in the Bank. So three, four months ago? That's not good. Anyways. Uh, Shane Helms versus Tom Pritchard. I'm giving the win to Dr. Tom. I don't think Shane Helms would mind. And... Beautiful Bobby Eaton gets the win over Prince Puma. Sorry, Ricochet. Setting up a matchup that I would love to watch, Tom Pritchard versus Bobby Eaton. Who, boy, that would be entertaining. 
All right. Uh, another wrestler that I like but haven't seen recently, Cedric Alexander is going to lose to the Honky Tonk Man. Wasn't wild about the Honky Tonk Man, but I can appreciate that kind of heel character. And Cedric is doing whatever. Uh, and Stevie Richards defeats the Pope D'Angelo De Niro. I'm not even a huge Stevie fan, but I appreciate the work he did to stay a relevant wrestler. That a guy with his look and his talent, and I mean that lovingly in a mediocre way, shouldn't have had the length of career that he did. And it is a testament to him that he was willing to do whatever it took and outworked everybody else. So I I do mean that as a compliment to Stevie. Um, Again, Rob Conway is still in this tournament as opposed to all these other Hall of Famers just because of the theme music and it's going to be enough to get him over Hayabusa. I'm sorry. Uh, But this next one, again, we turn to Jeremy here. Eddie Gilbert versus Brad Armstrong. I don't even think I read this one. I'm sure this match happened. Surely this match happened. This match probably went 20 minutes, four nights a week, across the Mid-South Territory in the opening match on the card. And he wrote 1884. I'll assume he means 1994, but I'd love to watch those two in 1884. And for the crowd, and got the crowd five, both guys would do business and take the fall, but a Gilbert fireball finishes off Brad. Yeah, I knew Hot Stuff was going to win, but I just wanted to be sure. That would be a fun match. I do like Brad Armstrong. And uh, on a Piece of Business podcast, episode two, we watched Eddie Gilbert versus Tiger Mask. Very good match. All right. Uh, Christopher Daniels. It is a crying shame. I should go back and re-rank this solely for some justice for Christopher Daniels, who should be in, a, in my tournament in the top ten. And he's going to crack. Like, he if he... If things work out for him, he'll get to be 65. He should be in the top 10. And he's beating Jinder, who's also a guy I like. So maybe this episode is is where I talk myself into coming up with some sort of ranking system. Or maybe just taking the wrestlers I like. I don't know. Uh, Another tough one. Damian Sandow versus Terry Funk. This is one of those things where Terry Funk should win and I he will but who has brought me personally more joy as a wrestling fan probably Damian Sandow but then again I've now been can say I've seen his early ECW stuff where he's cutting promos on Eddie Gilbert with a horse's patootie I've seen him in uh, the NWA in 89, leading up to that I Quit match. I've seen him in later ECW. I've seen him in the WWF. I've seen him in WCW. I've seen enough of Terry Funk that I probably he probably has brought me more joy, and I will give him the win, but I had to think about it. All right. Baron Corbin versus Al Snow. Now, this is not King Corbin. This is Baron Corbin. I'm actually giving Al Snow the win because I really like Al Snow. Although I will say, almost completing 1999, um, I like Al Snow less now than I did a few months ago in the 1999 thing. 
Like, I understand he's doing something interesting with um, Mankind and The Rock. He's kind of interfering and trying to break up the Rock and Sock connection. But that Kennel from Hell thing, man, kind of just it, ugh, made me not care, sadly. Uh, the last one. Funny that all of these matches, you know, this episode this is going to end here. Uh, we're getting five out of six of Jeremy's opinions. We'll only get one in the next episode. Um, but this is a tough one. This is Dusty Rhodes versus the Macho King, Randy Savage. Let's hear what Jeremy has to say. Macho King wasn't my favorite macho, but come on, it's Dusty. And he's the booker, baby. Dusty sells for macho for ten minutes before a missed top rope elbow drop, a couple of bionic elbows, and a tap out to the figure four gives Dusty the win. I don't know about that. I agree with a lot of that, but I liked the Macho King. Um, so there we have it. We're halfway through uh, what I've been calling, at least in terms of labeling all of these pages, um, the Constellation 128. These are the final 128 wrestlers in the Constellation round. So this will be... Yeah, I do think it's like numbers 65 through 190-something. Should be about... Um, where we're at here. So, you know, cream of the crop to talk about the Macho Man. Um, you know, these guys are, of the 1,000 or so wrestlers, these are the top, for the most part, 10%. So some of these names, it does make sense. That actually makes me feel better about Christopher Daniels. He is in the top 10% of the wrestlers in this. Uh, I would just personally have him in the top 1%, but that's just me. Uh, so, we have done four pages. We've set up page quarterfinals and some consolation matches. In our next episode, we will finish the opening round of this, and then we'll have to go through and do the consolations and the main stuff. There's more and more and no more. But, I will say, we're down to the final 10%, because once this is all done... Then we just finish off the actual tournament itself, and life is grand. So we're getting there, friends. We're getting there. And hopefully we will be done by the, by the end of this year. That's my terrible John F. Kennedy. Um, hopefully we'll be done. We'll see. It's Halloween time now, which means i got two months. So I've got ballpark eight to ten episodes left. To try to finish this. Oh, and what am I thinking here? This has to go 64 episodes. It has to. Why? Because 64 is a bracket number. 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. It would be perfect for the Corona Cup to end on episode 64 perfect on then you can go back and decide friend you can listen to all 64 again and have your own tournament to decide which episode was the best episode probably the one where i yell at the birds but yeah i think we've just decided this has to go 64 i have to stretch this out to 64 episodes even if well hopefully hopefully i'll be trying to cram stuff in not desperate for content but we're just going to let it go. But that's the goal. The goal right now, 64. Episode 64, we walk away from 
the Corona Cup uh, until the next tournament idea comes to mind. My name is DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. I appreciate you more than you know. This chapter is halfway closed, but we'll put our bookmark in. I'll see you the next time we go. Buy the book.